What number is this? 41? 33. Huh? 33, where you, right? Where you get 41 from? <laughs> I just turned 41. Never mind. I'm good. Welcome back to the Boxing One Podcast. This is episode number 33, and this is your host, Jay Rich, aka John Richards. And I'm here with the homie C Last, Chris Laster. What's up, cuz? Uh, what up, homie? All right, episode 33, man. Last week it was the Magic Johnson episode. Who are we going with this week for number you 33? You already know. The most famous number 33. Who you got? The sky hook, man. It gotta be Kareem. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. I thought we were gonna agree on this, but I guess we aren't going to agree on it. Cause I'm going with Johnson's counterpart, the legend, Larry Legend. Now, statistically, yes, Kareem may be uh, a better 33, but in terms of the game and changing the game and making uh, our Anglo brothers seem relevant again, Larry Legend, boss. Sorry. Yeah. His mixtape on YouTube is nothing short of fire. Yeah. Bird was that dude. <laughs> he was that dude. And he won only person to win MVP, coach of the year, and GM of the year. Come on, man. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go with it. I mean, obviously, we know Kareem is the best, but you kind of got to judge sinners by themselves. So you, you persuaded me. Got it. And so no love for Patrick Ewing for getting dunked on by Jordan. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to hop right into basketball because that's what we love, right? That's what we do. Indeed. We love the game of hoops. Both played it. I still play a little bit sometimes. Rec League legend. You know how that rolls. This week, what do we got? We got the conversation about KD and LeBron. Obviously, everybody's watching the finals now, and they're seeing that the Warriors at this time are up 2-0, and they look like they're dominating, and KD is taking over ball games. So the question becomes, what do these two guys' legacy, what is their legacy going to look like um, once they finish playing the game? Is all this team hopping going to taint legacy? Or is it something that's just par for the course for the NBA? What you got, Chris? What you think? Yeah, I, I think, ironically, I don't know. Like, I think we all forget how much people hated LeBron for the way he left the Cavs the first time. But his story kind of has that prodigal son returns like a uh, redemptive element to it. You know what I'm saying? Um, who knows how KD's legacy finishes up or even if the Warriors close it out because last year we were saying it looked done too. I still think they close it out, but it moves KD off that list of never won a championship if they do close it out. He played great in the series, but I think it'll always have that asterisk by it that said, yeah, but he had to do that where I think LeBron getting one in Cleveland has kind of erased that for a lot of people. So I feel like now when you think of team hopper, LeBron kind of gets the pass. And now um, that focus is all KD. So the irony there, right? A lot of the fans of Cleveland have told me that they're upset about your boy hopping teams and going to Golden State. But this is exactly what LeBron did. And even then coming back to Cleveland, he bought in a love who uh, once he came on board, everybody was like, oh, my goodness, is that are you serious? They kind of building the super team like the big three is the new thing. Right. So when KD went to Golden State, a lot of people were upset, but I think they're more upset now because they feel like the finals are boring. I've been getting links from people the SI articles, um, an open letter to KD talking about how. He made the finals boring. How's he making the finals boring by going to a team that helps him get a chance to win a championship? I'm not mad at KD. I'm sorry. I think the Spurs could have beat them. I'm going to go back to game one. 
um, at least giving them a better series because of the matchup problems that Kawhi uh, created on defense against KD. But this is going to be a conversation that's going to be ongoing because we don't know. I think they're both kind of still in prime-ish categories. So if KD goes back to OKC or if he finds himself somewhere else and winning a championship, then, yeah, he might uh, solidify his legacy. But I think people are upset because he he's a team hopper. But that's just the nature of things. Everybody's not going to have a Tim Duncan career or a Kobe career because of all the collective bargaining agreements and things like that. So I'm not upset with players who go to teams help that help them win championships. I'm not going to be mad at Kyle Lowry or Chris Paul or anyone else who goes to a team that helps them win a potential championship. Sorry, Clippers fans. It's that not sounds like you're just recruiting for the Spurs, B. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. That's all. That's all I'm saying, though. Yeah, and I think the Miami thing was, all right, so they came together at the front end, but don't act like y'all didn't recruit Ray Allen and make the Celtics hate him forever, too, because y'all, when y'all felt like y'all's big three wasn't big enough, one of the Celtics' big three and added – and made a big four. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And none of the LeBron stands were talking about it then when he hit that clutch shot on us and told us to take those ropes down. Nobody said anything <laughs> about that. Nobody. But but KG be saying it now. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. So stop hating on KD, folks. He made the decision that's going to help him win the championship. Nothing different than what LeBron did going to Miami. I don't want hey, to we're, at, we're at 2-0. It's a wrap. I don't know. I'm not going to say that. Last year, I would have said it, and you saw what happened. So I'm not going to say that unless Anthony Davis decides he's going to um, possess Tristan Thompson's body. It might be a wrap, but we'll see. It's not looking good. I not, don't think that's the obvious. Not at all. So let's talk about some music. You want to do that? Let's do it, fam. We so, ain't talked about music in a minute. We haven't. And this is going to be a little bit different from us, for us, right? Because we usually talk about Christian hip-hop or some of the artists in the CHH camp. Now we're talking about another legendary hip-hop person actually thinking about or talking about recording a gospel album. And we're talking about who? Snoop Doggy. Dog. Snoop Lion, Snoop Dogg, whatever else you want to call him, the dog father. He said that he wants to record a gospel album next, and he's recording recruited the likes of Faith Evans and others to join him on this journey. Now, the question becomes, man, we, we've kind of grayed this area of gospel artists and even Christian hip-hop artists, right? Uh, or artists who do uh, Christian-type albums, a.k.a. Chance the Rapper. So the line has kind of been blurred a little bit in terms of what qualifies as gospel. Now, what do you think about Snoop's venture... And 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 there's some interesting information that we need to know about Snoop first, right? Yeah. All right. So I believe Snoop's mom is an evangelist. And so this is probably something that he's always heard and felt some type of pull towards. No matter what you see externally from a person, uh, you never really know what's going on internally or how God's working in their lives. So I'm going to put you on the spot, man. Is this a good thing? Okay. So for it to be a good thing, Jay Rich, I think where it has to be is honest about where he is spiritually. Is that fair? That's more than fair. That's okay, more so than fair. If, if, he's, if he's smoking blunts on stage and everybody's smoking blunts at the <laughs> concert, which Snoop has been known to do, like I'm not just throwing shade, right? Like yeah. this has been a hallmark of his concerts, like toured with Wiz for a long time. 
that was a hallmark of one of their concerts. Or um, if there's no delineation between um, who I was and who I am, if it's just some mixture of like, hey, when I come do the concert, I'm gonna do the hits. I'm gonna now hit you with a gospel track or two from the new project. Like that's just gonna be confusing for everyone. But I do think there's a place for people, um, whether they claim to be Christians or not, honest about their journey with God and their music. That I probably wouldn't have a problem with. Um, if I felt like there was just type of some profession that didn't seem like there was any lifestyle to match, I think that makes it blurry for everyone, and I would probably stay away from that. That's just my opinion. So that's where I am with uh, Snoop's. <laughs> like, part of me just wants to be here for the jokes on this, uh, but part of me just thinks about like, hey, like, how do we make sure this isn't confusing for our culture too? So when I read it, that was all I was here for. Okay, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I thought it was an Onion article, dude. And then I saw the interview. I'm like, he's dead serious. He really is going to record one. I'm pretty sure he has Kirk Franklin on speed dial and he may be involved in some type of way so, so when you was just here for the jokes like what was the first joke you thought of because i'm just thinking of like snoop with these choirs in the background but snoop just really being snoop and like i just can't figure it out like i'm just getting weak in my mind trying to reconcile the two but Bruh, i think it me, does point to a deeper thing yeah when i mean when i read it i'm like this might have been the last person i thought who would want to record a gospel album outside of some radical conversion right <laughs> because you know you got the weed you got you got the the albums doggy style and all those other albums that were just like oh okay um so it's going to be interesting i mean sometimes age brings brings some wisdom and clarity but um definitely going to be interesting to see uh what what he brings to the table in terms of truth I, I think what you said earlier was was very true like hey if you're being honest about where you are in life i think that might be a good good breaking point um in terms of uh, thinking through this type of album but we'll see man hopefully there's no no um as as the uh as the tweet said last week about the warriors or not the warriors the Cavs locker room no reefer smell <laughs> in the locker rooms <laughs> before the concert when, when he said reefer i started laughing because i was like dude you're talking about reefer are you are you 80 <laughs> and did you automatically know which two calves it was i knew exactly oh, we'll, leave that alone. we'll leave that alone uh, <laughs> <laughs> so listen, we'll see right, hold on one more point one more point on this uh what i hope doesn't happen as a fallout of chance is that the copycat industry now all wants to make like god music as a come up um not authentic music just um hey this is what hip-hop is doing right now so we're gonna ride that wave yeah that's a good point i i certainly hope not either so final thing um we always try to hit on something sports something the culture and something theological but this week i just i scanned the same kind of websites gospel coalition uh reform african-american network faithfully magazine a couple other places looking for um kind of how do we tie the culture into our theology Lo and behold, my man Jay Rich on the Reform African American Network. Shout out to them. Love their podcast as well. Um, but it just talks about tithing. And so Jay Rich, uh, just kind of give us a uh, just kind of give us an overview of that article. And then I have two follow up questions for you um, on the tithing piece. So so I, I try to help my people out, man. Somebody posted last week on social media about tithing and um why people in our community tithe from their gross or their net income and they were complaining about people doing it off the gross 
when they do it off the net, it was just totally like the comment section was all over the place. So I said, look, I'll sit down, write something out about what tithing is biblically. And then we'll get to the gross net conversation because that's that's a smaller conversation within the larger conversation that everybody here is missing. So that's why I actually wrote the article on my on my blog post and um, it was received pretty well. Cool, cool. So definitely, if you haven't had a chance, um, it's worth checking out You can go to the John C. Richards website or you can go to the Reform African Network. American Network. So my questions for you as follow-ups as someone who did have a chance to peep the article. Um, one, I, I got these group of friends. They're not Christians. And one of the things they hate when they peep in the church is, oh, pastor has a Bentley, but everyone else in the congregation got ramen noodles. So why are we giving to the church so this guy can while the rest of us struggle? So um, I know that wasn't your core audience, but as, as we process that, I know one of the pushbacks is going to be Hey, what about that scenario? Yeah. And I would ask that question myself. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not in the camp where I don't ask questions about stewardship in ministry and church ministry. I think it's a very important question. And unfortunately, there are some churches out there who aren't as transparent about their stewardship or their resources. There, there are a lot of churches out there who actually have their entire operations budget on their website for people to see and in their annual giving uh, month by month on their website as well. That's called transparency. And those are ministries I am more inclined to be one, a part of, and then two, giving to knowing where my money is going. And I think that's what the, the the crux of the complaint is all about. Is like, hey, where are the finances that I'm giving going? Now, the alternative argument is, oh, you don't need to worry about that. Allow God to deal with that. No, I think stewardship is something and accountability is something that even congregants need to be able to hold people in leadership responsible for. Um, and I think that that is a biblical model. So I would first say that to them. And say that, hey, find somewhere that you think that they're transparent and where you feel like that they're they're good stewards of God's money and then give. Um, don't complain about the people who, who don't <laughs> have that model. Find somewhere that you can because because Christ Church does still need to have support. So then my second question is, say we chopping it up with some young people and um, in that course of evangelism, they're starting to come to church with us. They're going through the membership class and the membership class, they start to talk about giving to the church person might not be in a great financial situation but is learning to be obedient to god's word um, how do you counsel that person to get started towards uh christian giving yeah it, it starts small i think i mean i wouldn't if someone is in a place where they have never given 10 percent of their income their entire lives and then you all of a sudden ask them to do that and then they feel guilt about it and i wrote this in the article I feel like that's legalism as opposed to what Paul talks about with the Corinthian churches, God loving a cheerful giver um, and, and giving out of a heart of, of joy. So I would just say that in order for that person to to be able to experience that joy, I would just just ask them to, hey, what can you sacrifice this month? that you buy on a regular coffee or or something else that um, adds up over the course of a month. Sacrifice that and then give to the church and see how that sacrifice could bring 
some type of resource into the church. And that's a good starting place for a lot of people. And I think that that's what I would counsel that person to get them to reach that 10%. Then I would tell them to budget. <laughs> a lot of people don't budget monthly and that's why they're not able to give that specific amount. So I think that some type of budgeting resource like Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, and they don't give us any affiliate money for that. So I'm just saying that it's a really good course uh, would be a good starting point for them. What about you, man? What What are your thoughts on that? How would you counsel them? Exactly the same. Um, there's another place. It's not specifically talking about money in Corinthians, but um, basically people that are entangled up into some relationships. Um, and Paul just says, start where you are. Uh, like, here's where you're Christian. And I would tell him the same thing. Like, hey, we're not here to heap guilt upon you. The gospel comes so that you can have. But as you press into the gospel, um, like when God gets your heart, the rest of it will follow. You know, um, it will be a joy once you rightly understand the gospel to contribute to that work of seeing the gospel spread. And hopefully the world changed through the church in a healthy way. I know there's been a lot of bad press for the church, but I think um, the church is still God's plan A and there is no plan B. Um, and so we want to be supportive of that, right? The other thing is um, if you go to a church and you, you don't trust them with the money, um, don't trust them with your soul. And that's kind of like a general, that's like a truism, right? Like truism is on your part. That might be something you have to work through. But if it's just like, if you see a line and there's a different line for the $5,000 checks and the $10,000 checks. <laughs> I knew that was coming. It's true. It has though. to come, Jay. It's true. It has it's, to come, right? It's true. Like we yeah. got we to gotta help the people out. Um, yeah, you got to get out that church immediately. So um, you have my permission to run out of that church immediately because we don't see lines like that. There's like, there's no scriptural. Um, typically, the model we see in Scripture is Paul saying like, hey, we gave you we not only gave you the gospel, but our very lives. First uh, Thessalonians two, And so rather than seeing like a pastor flossing while the people live in poverty, usually what you see is the other like um, the pastor laboring and like taking on order that the people may flourish. Uh, that's a good. Um, and so those that you have to watch out for. And then the third, just like you said, is financial transparency. Hey, where, where is this money going? So I'm with you on it, bro. And at some point, we got to talk about pastors proof texting the do not muzzle an ox text that they butcher so badly. There's so, some yeah. other ones, too. Melchizedek. Like, it's a bunch of stuff. It can Absolutely. get twisted. It can get pretty twisted. Especially the go-to, Malachi, which I, I definitely addressed in the blog post. So y'all go check it out over at RAND and on my site because the Malachi mantra is a text that is the go-to text. It's like the the Kobe of biblical text for tithing. Yes, I just dropped Kobe's name and I don't feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> so this portion of the show is where we just love to share resources with you guys and, and just reach over on our nightstands and say, hey, what are we reading at night in the morning uh, in our spare time that has been edifying for us and helped us to um, continue to grow spiritually um in the gospel so i wanted to just ask you chris what have you been reading lately or what have you been listening to lately that um, has encouraged you that might be helpful for some of our listeners jay rich i think i've shouted this out before but it's worth revisiting in case we have any newer listeners um the spurgeon morning and evening app which is free on androids and iphones 
But the other day, man, I was just feeling some type of way about something. And I was going to pray. I'll go through like the Gospel of Luke or something right now. That's what I'm working through. And I'll do like the Spurgeon morning and evening. I mean, it spoke to the situation I was in so clearly. That, I mean, it was almost like eerie how clearly it spoke to that situation. And I had kind of just been in Luke and kind of had put the morning and evening devotional to the side. It was literally the first time I picked it back up. So I definitely said, oh, man, I definitely want to remind our listeners that you can get that app for free. It's a great devotion. It gives you one to read in the morning and one to read at night. And I think it's amazing. My resource would be an introduction to Christian theology by Alistair McGrath. It's a great um, lay level overview of Christian theology. And he walks through kind of landmarks in the church. He calls them through uh, church history, talking about folks who have impacted it and the doctrinal issues that have come up in the church. And McGrath is kind of an Oxford guy, but he has this way of just laying things out plainly for you. So for anyone who's interested in any kind of surface level or ground level introduction to Christian theology, I would commend this book to you. It's Alistair McGrath's Intro to Christian Theology. All right, closing shout outs, man. What you got, see last? Gotta shout out my wife, man. She made my favorite. We're having uh, we're having uh, some friends over tomorrow, uh, ministry friends over, and she got the jerk chicken marinating on deck. Gave me a little extra sauce from the jerk chicken sauce to put on my dinner tonight. And so I am feeling wonderful, man. Shout out to my wife. Man, shout out to my green thumb. Uh, did I just shout my thumb out? That's crazy. Anyhow, I just start like mulching our our lawn and I feel like I, I got to go out there every week now and just pull stuff up. I feel like I'm getting a green thumb. It's kind of weird. But and my mom always had one. She's like, hey, you want to go out there and do that? I'm like, no, I'll pay somebody to do it. But, um, <laughs> you know, shout out to kind of having some new passion or a new area where you, you know, feel like God is. Is growing, you know, throw in the headphones and go out there and dig up some weeds. Those What's in the headphones when you're digging up the weeds? Sermon illustrations right there, man. You know, either podcast or I had some Miles Davis going on the other day, man. I just wanted to kind of lay back. So I had some oh, you kind, getting of, old, fam. That kind of blue album. You know what I mean? It wasn't Listen even no CHH, man. Sorry, no Christian hip hop la- the other day. So your neighbors wasn't shutting the door in your face like at the gas station? Oh, we'll leave man. that for another podcast. We're not even going to talk about that. Being Listen, black, black in the suburbs. As we close it up, though, like when you are pulling those weeds and I was doing the same thing this week, uh, you do see the spiritual analogy of just like guarding your heart and not letting things grow up around it, being vigilant in that fight to, um, you know, protect your heart. So I do see a lot of analogies when I'm out there working in the yard. So Yeah. And those things really are sticky, like thorns. Yeah. So when you yeah. hear Jesus say those words, it just kind of comes comes to life for you. So but I don't love it like you do. <laughs> I didn't say I loved it. I said I'm I'm cultivating a like for it. How about that? Bruh, you gave a shout out to your green thumb. <laughs> that's love. <laughs> and that's been episode 33 of the Boxing One podcast <laughs> dedicated to Larry Legend, the only guy to win MVP, GM of the year, and coach of the year. Might not ever happen again unless LeBron comes and coaches. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Boxing One Podcast. Go over to our Facebook group, Boxing One Podcast. It's a closed group, but we'll invite you in so you can come in and chat with us over there. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. We're there. 
go rate it review it we appreciate you guys for listening and we'll see you next go round for episode number 34 and i'm pretty sure it's not going to be the paul pierce being wheelchaired off the court episode walter payton might be we'll keep it under wraps we'll keep it under wraps all right grace and peace see y'all next go round peace out